Hey everyone, welcome into another Future Brew Michigan football and basketball recruiting podcast here on maizeandbrew.com. My name is Vaughn Lozon. We'll get to my co-host John Simmons here in a little bit, but we wanted to start today's show with uh, our first ever special guest here on the pod. He is a recruit that you guys should be quite familiar with. His name is Rayshon Benny. He's a two-way four-star offensive and defensive lineman from Oak Park, Michigan. He's listed uh, on 24/7 Sports as six foot five and 275 pounds. You can correct me if that is not up to date, but that's what they've got you listed as there. And uh, he's the number 194 overall player and the number six ranked player from the great state of Michigan in this 2021 class. Rayshon, welcome to the podcast and thanks a lot for joining us today. How you doing? I'm not too bad. I, I appreciate you asking, and uh, I, I just wanted to start off real quick and and uh, ask you how you've been doing during this uh, whole pandemic, and uh, how you've been coping with it. What what have you been doing during your downtime, and ha- have you been staying busy? Yeah, the whole pandemic it was just crazy, but you know, I ain't me and my uh, teammates we ain't let it stop us. We just been working out on our own, going up to uh, the field whenever we can to get some work in. Yeah, I, I was going to ask you about that, too, because I know a lot of kids, uh, you know, aren't really able to, to lift during this because they just, you know, aren't, aren't able to go to the gym or they don't have weights at home. Um, so I, how have you guys been been staying in shape? You say that you've been going to your school there. Oh, what, what exactly are you all doing? Uh, we'll just be up there with our coach or whatever. We'll just do like uh, footwork, you know, agility changing direction, stuff like that, you know, then just building up our cardio because before this, we was like running every day at school when we got, like when we got to practice, so we didn't want to get out of shape, so, you know. Yeah, and and how is all of that working out for you? Have you been able to lift weights at all? No, I ain't lift weight in like, like three, four months. <laughs> yeah, me neither. It's been it's been brutal on my end too, but I, I can't imagine how it's been for for you guys if you're you know wanting to go to college and play football. I'm sure that's that's been a, a tough adjustment for you. When when do you guys anticipate being able to get together and lift again? Are you guys planning to do that as a team at some point soon? Um, I think hopefully this week or next week, sometime like that. You know, obviously it'd be different, but you know, it'd be better versus not doing anything. So, yeah, there's no doubt about that. Are you looking forward to that? Just getting back to your to to the workouts, lifting, and being with your teammates, stuff like that. Oh yeah, most definitely. You know, I'm gonna be a little weak at first. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me and you both. I I, uh, I I'm looking forward to being able to go back to the gym too, and and get back to lifting weights and. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to be pretty sore here uh, once I start it, uh, start going back uh, once we're able to. But uh, uh, other than other than your workouts and stuff, what else is a typical day like for you now as as a highly recruited player? I, I, I would imagine that that you wanted to take some official visits this summer. Obviously, the NCAA kind of had to put uh, the hammer down, so to speak, and, and no recruits can take any visits until August 1st. Uh, so, so what kind of stuff have you been doing uh, recently? Have you been doing a lot of Zoom calls with coaches and, and things along those lines, or have you kind of just been kicking it back? Uh, uh, at first, like, 
like probably like the first two months or whatever, it was crazy, like every day, all day. Call me, call me, call me. It was just like overwhelming and everything. And then like towards the end, like late May, June, I had to slow it down because I had to focus on the last few weeks of school so I can get everything, get myself together. But now that I'm done with that, uh, it picked back up for real. Just man, trying to keep in contact with the ones who like, you know, reach out to me and everything. And which coaches are those? What what schools are, are really reaching out to you the most at this point? I'm sure Michigan's obviously one of them, but I'm, uh, other than Harbaugh and those guys, who who else have you been speaking with? Yeah, I was about to say, I'm about to call coach, coach uh, as soon as I get done with this. Oh, uh, <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. Uh, Michigan, you know, Michigan State, Penn State, uh, Ohio State, uh, Arkansas, Iowa, Kentucky, Tennessee. Arizona State schools like those in Notre Dame. So, you, so you've been speaking with a lot of schools, obviously, and you have well over thirty offers at this point from schools all across the country. You mentioned the the in-state schools, and then Penn State, Arizona State, obviously going way out west. But uh, it, at this point, um, you know, with all of these schools reaching out to you, and, and I introduced you here as both an offensive and a defensive lineman. And it, it sounded like Michigan wants you to strictly play defensive line, but are any of these schools that are recruiting you right now wanting you to play offensive line, or are they kind of on the same boat as U of M with, with you going over to defense? Um, to be honest, it's probably about a 50-50 uh, mix, just depending on the school for real. Uh, but some schools, I have the option to play either or. But, you know, for the most part, it's about split. Gotcha. So, so like what, for example, what, where's Michigan state and Penn state and, uh, Kentucky and Ohio state, where are they recruiting you at offensive or defensive line? Uh, Michigan state D line, Penn state O line, Kentucky D line. Uh, you said Ohio state. Yeah. Uh, and they O line. O line. Okay. Is there a preference at this point for you? Because obviously, I mean, you're, you're a highly regarded kid. Uh, on both offensive and defensive line, you're really good at both. Clearly, if if it's a 50-50 split, is, is there a preference for you? Do you want to play offensive line? Do you want to play defensive line? Or is it just at the point in your life where you're just kind of like, you know what, I'll, I'll play wherever the coaches want to put me? Um, Yes, it's a preference, but at the same time, it's like, if I feel like, let's just say, I can go to, I don't know, I'll just start a random school. Let's say I go to Georgia for D-line, right? Mm-hmm. If I feel like uh, Arkansas O-line coach is going to develop me better, and my preference is D-line, though, and, but the O-line is going to give me to lead, then that's where I'm going to go. So so what what is so enticing about you wanting to play a defensive line? Is it just about you know getting in the trenches and hitting some kids, or, or is it – that you just feel that that's better for your future? Well, what is it about defense that, that really sticks out to you? I always like defense more. So, like, when I was younger and everything, I was playing football. I used to get the concept of offensive line I could hit people. So, mm-hmm. I just always lead towards defense more. And then defense let me solve my athleticism because, like, I'm real athletic and everything. So, that's what I like about it. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it clearly stands out on tape. I've, I've watched you with, with the offensive and defensive line. And yeah, I mean, you absolutely are an athlete when it all comes down to it. Um, so so on 24-7 sports, it does have you listed at six foot five and 275. Is that right around where you're at right now? Or, or has the uh, pandemic kind of changed things since you haven't been able to lift? Uh, I'm hovering right around that. Okay. So when it comes down to it, obviously you've got a lot of blue blood programs like U of M, Ohio State, Penn State coming after you. What is really going to decide for you, um, you know, when it comes down to the end of the day, when you're picking between all of these great programs that are coming after you, what's going to be a, a few deciding factors for you when it comes to making your commitment? Just like my connection with the coach, like me knowing. I can depend on them, like, just like once, once I'm gone from home, then I'm on my own. I gotta, I need some type of guidance still, because you know I'm still young and everything. And if I know I can depend on that coach and everything to like help me and teach me the way of everything and stuff like that, and then you know just somewhere I'm comfortable at and somewhere that uh, that's going to have a good education. I mean, everywhere got a good education system, but. Somewhere that's gonna like help me with my bit my plans in the future, to where I can get good connection and everything, and just like you know, the, the tutor and everything. Do you know uh, what you're looking to go into uh, when you get to college? Obviously, you know I, I'm I'm sure that you've had a little bit of time to think about it with this pandemic. Um, do you know exactly what you want to look into when it comes to you know picking what you want to major in, stuff like that? Yeah, I want to go to college for business management. Business management. Okay. Got it. Awesome. Well, hey, I'll, I'll, I'll leave it at this. Um, you know, obviously with Michigan, Michigan State, Penn State, all these great schools coming after you, uh, it, it, it probably is quite challenging to distinguish what exactly uh, you want out of each program. Do you have any timeline on when you might make a commitment? Obviously, some of these schools are starting to fill up because it, it seems like uh, you, the kids in your guys' recruiting class 2021, they're starting to commit a little early, even though they're not able to really make a ton of visits. Uh, do you think that you'll end up committing before your senior season, or do you want to wait until later on when you have a firm understanding of what you're getting out of each school? I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. Okay. And do you plan on waiting until – like the December signing period? Cause I know that you can sign in December or I'm sorry. Could you repeat that once more? I said probably like signing day or something. Signing day. Got it. Okay. All right. Well, Hey, Ray Sean, I, I really appreciate your time today, man. Uh, I'll, I'll let you go so you can uh, get to coach Harbaugh. Tell him that uh, we said hi and <laughs> enjoy the rest of your day. And I, I, I uh, hope to talk to you soon. Okay. Thank you. You too. Uh, welcome back, everybody. I want to bring in my co-host, as always, John Simmons. John, how you doing today, buddy? I'm doing well, Vaughn. Good to hear. And uh, just want to recap with you real quick uh, this uh, interview that we had with Rayshon Benny. I want to thank him again for taking a few minutes out of his day, especially uh, I didn't tell you this off uh, the podcast here, John, but but he told me that he was about to hop on with Coach Harbaugh right after my interview with him. Uh, so I told him to tell Harbaugh that uh, we all said hi. So I don't know if that <laughs> message will get to him, but uh, 
it, we'll see. Maybe it'll get to him. But but uh, no, Rayshon had had quite a few things to say. Just I want to recap this real quick that it, it seems like schools are, are pitching 50-50 as far as because he's got well over 30 offers and he's he's getting recruited by some of the best schools in the country. And I, I thought it was interesting, particularly that he said Michigan's going for him at D-line. Michigan State's going for him at D-line, but then there are a lot of schools that are going for him at offensive line, and it seems like he's pretty receptive to the offensive line pitch if it is the the 100% correct circumstance for him, uh, but the preference is to play defensive line, and obviously the tape shows that he can play both. He's a good offensive lineman. He's a good defensive lineman, uh, but Michigan, they're going for him at D-line. Coach Sean Nua has been recruiting him hard at defensive line. I don't believe Ed Warner is really talking to him a ton anymore, if at all. Uh, so Michigan definitely going for him hard at defensive line. And uh, they they kind of need a couple more guys to round out their class, their, this 2021 class, along the defensive line because offensive line is really starting to get crowded here. And they're still going after a few other kids like Drew Kendall, Rocco Spindler, and Garrett Dellinger, who he's got an upcoming commitment date here. Um but it, it looks at this point like Michigan is fully invested with him playing defensive line, which bodes well because it's the position that he wants to play. Yeah, I mean, that seems like an obvious pitch. If you're, you want a kid to play where he wants to play, that should put the school out in front. Um, I think he can do well on either side of the ball, but I think, he, I think he has a higher ceiling at defensive tackle, and obviously it's a bigger need for Michigan, so I think it works out well. Yeah, I think the need is there. It does work out well for U of M. I think he could develop pretty nicely to not just play D-tackle, but he could kind of be an anchor end as well. I think they could kind of move him around kind of like what they what, what they did a lot with their defensive ends last year. Aiden Hutchinson um, uh, had had played inside, and uh, I think Quiddy Pay had played inside. I, I think mainly on passing downs to bring Uche off the edge. I think he could play a very similar role in Michigan's defense doing that as well. Uh, Sean also mentioned how he's not really looking to make a decision anytime soon. He's he's going to wait it out. He's going to try and make his visits. He's probably going to take an official to U of M if he's given the opportunity. I would anticipate he probably takes official visits to Ohio State, maybe Michigan State. Uh, Penn State is another school that he's high on. I would imagine Kentucky would be a school that he would want to visit, especially given that he's got a few former teammates playing for Kentucky. I would imagine that that bodes well for the Wildcats' chances to land him. Uh, but he's going to try and wait it out. He's going to wait as long as he can, take those visits, and commit around signing day in December, uh, which is, in this class, quite the unpopular opinion, given that there are so many kids making their commitments early on just to save themselves a spot in the class. And uh, it's certainly interesting that Rayshon is, is choosing the different route. I, I think it is a, uh, a, a very mature thing for him to do just because I, I really do anticipate a lot of commitments or a lot of kids that are committed to take visits elsewhere once they're given the chance to do it. And I could see a lot of flips happening and, and this, Obviously, with kids committed to Michigan as well, because Michigan's had a lot of kids commit within the last month or so 
I, I think that these kids could all uh, take visits elsewhere and perhaps flip a commitment if they uh, have the desire to do so. But I think the way Benny's doing it is is a pretty mature way to do it. And I do appreciate that he's sticking to his guns and that he's uh, very publicly uh, just shouting this from the rooftops, so to speak, that he doesn't want to rush into making a decision. He wants to make sure that he's got all his ducks in a row before he makes his commitment. Yeah, for sure. And I think a guy like Benny will have a spot at most schools, you know, no matter how long he waits, he's a special kind of talent. Um, maybe not a place like OSU, but because uh, they can just turn down top 150 guys like that. But Michigan certainly will take him whenever. They'll make the numbers work. He's a top in-state guy at a position of need. He'll always be there. You know, school like Kentucky's not going to turn him down. Arkansas, things like that. So, yeah, I think he knows that he'll he'll have a spot no matter where he chooses. So, if and if, if he wants to take his time and, you know, make for sure uh, make the, uh, a decision that he's going to stick to and uh, be comfortable in the school that he chooses, then, yeah, it's definitely well within his rights. And I think it's a good decision to wait until you can take visits, see everything um, that you want to see. I know he's been up to Michigan plenty of times before. So I think he already has that familiarity with the Wolverines. So if something happens where he can't take it at all, I think that's going to help them a lot. But I still think uh, no matter where he goes, I think Michigan's pitch is going to be hard to top. Yeah, I think so too. I, th- I think the way that they're going about recruiting him is probably smart. It's It seems to be the same way that they're recruiting Donovan Edwards as well, who is a four-star running back from West Bloomfield High School. It, they've really... Uh, slowed their role when it comes to recruiting some of these guys, Ed, Edwards included, and I think Benny kind of is in that same position as well. They're not really forcing a commitment by any means. I, I think they kind of did that with a few of their t- targets at linebacker, Jamari Budden being a guy that they kind of wanted to speed up the process just to get all their guys in place at the linebacker spot so they could focus on some of these other positions that they're going after. Uh, like Benny and like Edwards, but they're really they really slowed their role, and I think it's going to work out in their favor. Uh, I, I think at this point, if Edwards were to commit anywhere, I think it would be to Michigan. Benny, I think, is a little more receptive to a few of these other schools. I'm not saying that Edwards is not, but I think ultimately, at the end of the day, Edwards will commit to U of M at some point. Um, Benny, I, I I don't really know where his head's at at this point, but. Uh, but he, he seems pretty receptive to playing both offensive and defensive line, no matter where it's at. Uh, just, you know, if, if he thinks that offensive line coaches can help him develop into a better player than he would be along the defensive line at another school, then I think that's an opportunity that he would take. But at the end of the day, I think Michigan recruiting him the way that they have recruited him and Edwards is definitely working out in their favor. Uh, certainly interesting that there's a lot of these in-state kids that really haven't committed a ton um, at all. Uh, Edwards being uncommitted, Spindler being uncommitted, Dellinger, Benny, a lot of their top targets in the class in-state uh, remain to be, uh, uh, or well, I should say have yet to make a commitment. Uh, but all these other kids that they're trying to go after uh, along the West coast and, and things along those lines really haven't, uh, Made their pledge yet, but we will certainly uh, see how all of this goes. But speaking of pledge, uh, one of these in-state kids 
that uh, should be mentioned is about to make a commitment here uh, next week. His name is Garrett Dellinger. He is an offensive lineman from Clarkston, Michigan. He is a top 100 kid. All of the crystal balls seemingly on LSU at this point. And I believe he grew up down south um, because I I know that we had had a commenter on one of our stories recently about Garrett Dellinger saying, how how's LSU coming all the way up to Michigan and getting uh, these kids away from U of M in the Midwest? And, uh, well, LSU recruited uh, an in-state kid along the offensive line a couple cycles ago, but I believe Garrett Dellinger is from down south as well. So he's going to be making his commitment, I believe, on the 24th. And uh, I at this point, like I said, all crystal balls on LSU. Do you think Michigan has any shot here, John? Any shot at all? Yeah, I, th- I don't think it's a 0%. Um, I th- think reports from guys at 24-7 say that he hasn't made up his mind yet. Like, he hasn't told a school that he's committing there, which still leaves the door open for Michigan. I know his, his like, commitment video has multiple endings, so he could pick whatever school he wants at either time and I think it's either going to be Michigan or LSU um I still think it's LSU's like the the clear favorite here I think it would take a little bit for Michigan to kind of overcome that hump in like a week or two weeks after he announces commitment date but yeah I think there is a shot he's still on consistent zoom calls with the coaches he's talking with them a lot and I um I think they're making a really strong push late they can kind of see the door still open for them so uh, they're going to give it their all till till the bell rings. Um, so they're not giving up either. So that 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 should say that there is still a chance that he's not totally sealed to LSU yet. I I don't think it's a great chance, but there it there is a possibility still there. Yeah, I I think there is a a slight sliver of a chance that U of M could pull this one out. Um, obviously LSU with all the crystal balls rolling in for them. Um that they do seem to be the favorite. And he obviously listed him or listed LSU in his top list of schools when he released that uh, a week or so ago. But yeah, I, I think Michigan does have a chance. I think with the continuous zoom calls and whatnot with Ed Warner, Jim Harbaugh uh, hanging in there, I, I think Michigan does have a chance. I don't think it's a great chance by any means, um, especially given that Michigan is still in on a few other offensive linemen. I think if Garrett Dellinger does commit to LSU or Ohio State or wherever it ends up being, I think Michigan would kind of just move on at that point just because they're talking with Thomas Cole and they're still talking with Drew Kendall and obviously Rocco Spindler uh, uh, being a top 50 player that they're still communicating with. I think at this point, if, if Dellinger were to commit somewhere else, I think they would just say, okay, uh, we understand, we appreciate it, good luck, and that they would kind of just move on to other guys. Because it does seem like they want to round out their offensive line class with another tackle, just considering that they still are talking with Dellinger despite the LSU uh, rumors, I guess, with all these crystal balls. And it does look like LSU is the clear favorite here, but it's, it really does appear to me that they want another tackle in this class. Uh, they've already got two. I think another one would be pretty good. I I don't know where Dellinger projects in college. I don't know if he would be a left tackle or right tackle. 
just, you know, if, if I had to take a guess, I'd probably say right tackle to where a guy like Thomas Cole seems to be a left tackle guy all the way. And uh, Tristan Bounds is a left tackle guy all the way. I think El Hadi, uh, the in-state kid that committed well over a year ago, I think he could play right tackle um, or maybe somewhere inside if they really need him to. Uh, but Dellinger, it seems like kind of versatile. I, I think he could play either spot, but probably more of a right tackle guy. But at, at the end of the day, they do want another body or two on the offensive line uh, in this 2021 class. Where, where do you think they would go, John, if Dellinger were to commit to LSU or anywhere else? Uh, well, they're still going after a guy like Nolan Rucci, the top five-star guy, but he's kind of a pipe dream at this point where yeah. it's, uh, you know, just he'll have a spot if he wants to commit no matter what. Um, we just don't want to give up on a guy like that, even though they're probably running like fourth in that recruitment. Um, but the, ne- the next guy that's reasonable after Dellinger would, would probably be Thomas Cole, the, the tackle from San Luis Obispo in California. Um, he's he's a true left tackle guy. I agree that Dellinger's probably a right tackle prospect, um, but Cole is more of the Tristan Bounds type. He's 6'7", six, 6'8", uh, six, uh, lean, like 265. So he's going to be compared to Jeffrey Percy a lot because of, you know, he's from California, similarly rated, has the same measurables. Um, so that's, I think that's going to be the guy that is up next. And I think for, at one point it looked like Michigan wasn't really going to push hard for Cole, but they now I think they have switched their board around to where they want that uh, second true tackle guy in their class like Bounds, and I think Cole's going to be the, the top guy that they go after. They just need to get him on campus, but once they do, I think that um, they could jump out front pretty easily here. Yeah, it really does seem like they're at, at this point, I think they would take commitments from the next two guys, whoever ends up committing. So if Dellinger ends up committing next week, they'd obviously take him, and then they would probably leave open one more spot, whether it be for Cole, Rucci, Spindler. I think at this point, Drew Kendall's kind of on the outside looking in because he's taken so long with his commitment. I It, it seemed like he wanted to commit earlier, but for some reason it just hasn't happened. So at this point, I think, Obviously, outside of Rucci, I think Rucci's definitely looking to go elsewhere. And Michigan's fighting for him, but not really a real contender, in my opinion. I think uh, Drew Kendall's probably that next guy that's probably going to go somewhere else. So at, at this point, I think that they would take in just the next two kids who ever end up committing next. Um, so whether that be Dellinger or Spindler or Dellinger and Cole or whoever the case may be. I I think that's probably the way that they would go about doing it. And then they would just call it quits on the offensive line. Uh, They've already got what four guys now committed. And they've, they've got a a ton of kids. I I feel at this point already. Um, So yeah, we'll, we'll see how it ends up playing out, but it'll be interesting to see uh, what they end up doing there and who ends up committing next. But I want to wrap up the show today, John talking about defensive backs. And this, this has been definitely one of the more interesting positions to watch in 2021, especially over the last week or so, because a ton of Michigan's targets at defensive back have committed elsewhere. Ryan Barnes committed to Notre Dame on June 6th. Omarion Cooper committed 
to Florida State the following day. And then Dyson McCutcheon uh, committed to Washington just a few days ago on June 13th. And then while we've been talking here, John, uh, the guy that I had wanted all along, uh, the guy that was always a pipe dream, Ishmael Ibrahim, he ended up committing to Texas. So you can put him uh, on that board as well. But a lot of these defensive backs, they're coming off the board. Michigan obviously is not getting too many of them. They've got a few defensive backs committed to their class. One safety, one cornerback. At this point, I feel like they would it would be in their best interest to take another cornerback or two. I just don't know who this, who, the, who who exactly would be the next cornerback to to come up. I, I feel like this is where the senior evaluations are going to be really important for U of M. Uh, but Kamante uh, Grimes seems to be maybe a guy who could be a cornerback or a safety. I, I feel like his skill set is better set for safety. Um, and I think Michigan should go after another cornerback or two. So, John, where do you think they end up turning here? Obviously, they can still go after the guys that we've mentioned, Barnes, Cooper, McCutcheon. Um, even though they're committed to other programs, I feel like it would be in their best interest to keep going after those guys just because of what I talked about earlier with there might be a high percentage of decommitments and flips and commitments later on in the cycle. What do you think they end up doing? Do you think they're going to look elsewhere or do you think that they're going to keep on these guys too? Yeah, I think uh, all those defensive backs committing to other schools caused me to put a, a new section in the uh, recruiting offer board updates I write every week that uh, just to indicate that I'm not going to remove some guys from the board because I think Michigan will keep recruiting them. And that uh, the, the trio that we talked about, the McCutcheon, O'Marion Cooper, and Ryan Barnes are all guys that I think Michigan's going to keep going after, even though they've committed elsewhere. Um, so that, that's kind of been the catalyst of why I added that section. So I think that's going to be a big part of their strategy at cornerback is just keep going after these kids. Um, they, I think a big issue with uh, cornerback recruiting right now, why it's been kind of hard for them to get top targets is that they're uh, all from pretty far away in the country. You know, a lot of them are from places like California, Texas with Ibrahim, Cooper in Florida. They're, they've haven't had a chance to visit campus. So I think that's really hurting them a lot. And so, you know, without being able to see campus, they're committing to other schools. But uh, I think Michigan still is going to recruit, recruit them because once they get, if they can get them to visit, um, once they're able to, I think that'll help them uh, make up ground in a big way and maybe eventually flip them. So I think that's going to be a big part of their, their strategy moving forward. Just keep tabs on these guys. Um, I think the, they'll still be, the, the players themselves will still be receptive to Michigan. I don't think any of them are going to completely shut their recruitments down. Um, so that that's going to be the, the big part uh, moving into the fall. Um, I do think they, they will look around for other guys, you know, like locally Maxwell Harrison, the West Bloomfield cornerback's an interesting guy. He runs, he's a really fast. I know Ron Bellamy, the coach said he runs like a four, four, one. I don't, I don't totally believe that he's that fast. Um, you know, it's probably just coach talk, but I do think he's known for his quickness. Um, you know, they would like to build a good relationship with West Bloomfield and landing a, you know, in-state three-star riser who could have been helped out a lot by camps but wasn't able to in the spring and summer. I think he would be a good plan B option. 
Um, but yeah, they're going to just have to, you know, dig back into the, the tape of some other juniors and maybe wait for senior tape as well to kind of find more guys that they're in on. Um, keep chipping away at guys like Jameer Johnson and Sarah Wright in California. I know Johnson set a decision date already for July, which I don't think bodes well for Michigan. Um, I think it looks like Oregon right now, but he'll just be another guy that if he commits elsewhere, they'll, st- they'll still keep recruiting him. Um, but, yeah, we'll see. It's going to be an interesting one. Just, yeah, the visits are going to be probably the biggest factor for, for this position group. Yeah. Yeah, I think so, too. And I was going to mention Wright and Johnson, and then obviously they're still going after Tyreek Chapel, even though all of the crystal balls at this point are on Texas A&M, but I think Michigan will continue to go after these guys, even if they commit elsewhere. And I do fully expect some of these guys like Chapel to commit somewhere else at some point, and Michigan would probably continue to go after them just because, yeah, like I like you mentioned, the visits would be so huge, especially for these West Coast guys like Sire Wright and Jameer Johnson and uh, Dyson McCutcheon. Uh, out in California, this is really where it hurts U of M in a big way, just because Michigan always knocks it out of the park with their official visits. And they roll, they really roll out the red carpet when it comes to these kids uh, getting to Ann Arbor. And uh, more often than not, they're able to seal the deal when it comes to top targets when, when they get them on campus. Uh, But that remains to be seen. August 1st is the day that is circled on the calendar at this point for when it comes to visits. Um, but who knows if that's going to happen at this point. They may have to wait until games start rolling up in September just because I feel like August is really going to be important for training camps and things along those lines for for teams to really get going with the fall camps and in preparation for the season. So I think more often than not, when it comes to future visits, I think it'll be September and, and, and I, I do hope that there's not another uh, outbreak of COVID like the health experts are kind of predicting. So football, A, doesn't get shut down, but also B, that these recruits are actually able to take these visits and make good decisions for their future. So yeah, it's going to be really interesting. The, the defensive back has been a very interesting position to cover throughout this entire recruiting cycle. And, and I think last cycle, too, was was a really interesting one with defensive backs with uh, Darian Green Warren committing really late. And, uh, and and they've done some good evaluations on some some late bloomers recently with Vincent Gray, obviously, being the, the in-state kid that they evaluated really late. So I think there is a chance for them to do that as well. But, uh, John, what, what do you think that they end up doing? Because it seems like a lot of these kids like Grimes I mentioned earlier, could play either corner or safety. I personally think he's better suited for safety or perhaps a Viper because he had mentioned that Viper is another position that Michigan had mentioned to him as well. I think that they should take another corner or two. I think safety they're they're kind of set at at this point with the guys that they took in last cycle. And then with Rod Moore already committed, the three-star from Ohio. What, what do you think? If you were... Jim Harbaugh, how would you lay out the defensive back recruiting for the rest of this cycle? Uh, I think for a while they've been wanting to take that cornerback safety hybrid type guy that, you know, they want Ryan Barnes to be that guy. But I think Grimes could fill that position uh, really well. 
Um, so that would kind of be the flex position. And then besides him and McBurrows, I'd want to take another true cornerback. Um, so I don't know who that'll end up being. You just kind of throw a dart at this point. Um, yeah. But So I think that's how I'd want to fill it out, like four defensive backs, two true corners, one true safety and Rod Moore, and then a guy who can play both. I think that would be the best way to kind of fill out the defensive back room, especially since safety's been stocked pretty well the last two cycles. Um, so I think cornerback's a little more important. So, you know, having to lean a little bit more towards cornerback is the way to go. Yeah, just because at this point with the depth chart, cornerback is a little bit more of a mystery at Michigan than safety. Obviously, you've still got Daxton Hill and Brad Hawkins locked in for the safety spots in 2020. Cornerback, of course, you'll have Ambry Thomas for one more season, but then you got Vincent Gray. Who's after Vincent Gray? Um, you know, you don't really know at this point. Uh, DJ Turner is a guy that they've talked a lot about. Andre Selden is a guy that they've talked a lot about, but... These guys really haven't had, well, especially Selden because he's a true freshman, but DJ Turner, I, I want to say he only played three or four games last season and they were pretty much all on special teams. So he hasn't gotten any defensive snaps yet, even though he's a guy that they've talked about quite a bit as to having a lot of potential. And I do think he does have a lot of potential, but I would just be a little more comfortable if they went after a few more cornerbacks than safeties at this point, just because the safety room, they've got four stars galore at safety with uh, Quentin Johnson as a redshirt freshman. And then the true freshman coming in, and I'm real excited about Makari Page. Jordan Morant's another guy that I'm pretty excited about. So they've, they've got safeties all over the place. Uh, I would just, if it were me, I would prefer that they take another corner or two. Uh, it's just one of those positions that, in my mind, you can't have too many good cornerbacks. So. It'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. I am interested uh, to see where all of this goes, especially with these kids committing elsewhere. Uh, We'll certainly see if they extend more offers to cornerbacks in this class. Uh, But until then, uh, that is all we've got for you for today. Thank you very much for listening. You can follow yours truly at Vaughn underscore Lozon. And John, where are you at on Twitter? At Simmons underscore John. Give Maze and Brew a follow as well, and then like Maze and Brew on Facebook and Instagram, and be sure to rate and subscribe and do all of that fun stuff with all of our podcasts here on Maze and Brew. We'll be back next week with another edition of Future Brew. Until then, he is John Simmons. I am Vaughn Lozon. Thanks again, and go blue.